Hey listeners, welcome to the Podhunt Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast where us, your Podhunt content team, break down the week's tech headlines, talk about the products making waves on the leaderboard and discuss the ones we loved. Uh, for the avid listeners of you, you might notice that wasn't Sarah doing the intro. Sarah is currently on vacation, but you have me, lucky you. I'm Aaron, I write the Daily Digest, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Podhunt CEO, Reggie Iyengar. Aaron, it's good to be here. I have been trying to get on the product hunt podcast for years now since my last startup so it's uh this is not how i imagine getting on but i'm happy to be here that, that's funny I, I, just, just thinking about you fine i'll become ceo they can't stop me going on the podcast then <laughs> it's great great to have you here uh, fantastic to have another voice on the podcast we also have another special guest, um, our AI-powered Golden Kitty mascot um, named Derek. Derek is a working name, um, so if anyone has any other suggestions, please leave. Uh, le- please let us know. Hey, Derek, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello there, I'm Derek, your charming, tech-savvy, and humorously sarcastic Golden Kitty mascot. I'm here to serve you the best of startups and occasionally a good laugh. Do I want another name? Nah, Derek has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks for that, Derek. Our AI kitty guest comes to us uh, put together with uh, infrastructure from our friends over at DailyCo. And uh, one of the things Aaron and I realized is that we actually don't have a name for the mascot. So yeah, as Aaron, as Aaron mentioned, working name is Derek, but we're open for suggestions. Well, isn't that just the cat's pajamas? Derek, it us. <laughs> Now, who's got questions about the latest in tech startups? So, listeners, if you were here for last week's edition, you might remember us talking about the Golden Kitty Awards. And if you're not up to speed on what the Golden Kitty Awards are, every year, the Product Hunt community gets out their say on what were the best products of the year across multiple categories. Previous winners include Apple, Tesla, Figma, Stripe, and some others. Some say, including me, it's like the Oscars of the tech world, and this year was a doozy. But there's no points for guessing AI was a big, big part of it. So in total, we had 20 categories, 18 voting, two non-voting. And today we're going to talk about some of the most loved categories, like product of the year, developer tools, productivity, and mobile app. Starting with product of the year, you might be able to hazard a guess on who won uh, for the second t- second year in a row. OpenAI takes the crown, this time with uh, GPT-4. Uh, Rajiv, did you have any any thoughts seeing that, um, seeing OpenAI taking, taking the crown once again? I, on one hand, it's not that surprising. Like this has definitely mm. been a year of, uh, a year dominated by OpenAI. They've been in the news for multiple reasons. Mm. You know, the, uh, the brief leadership shuffle as well. That was an exciting time in AI. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it was really interesting to see that much community support for what's um, what's a developer tool. Yeah, like actually, uh, uh, Aaron, you you dug into this a little bit. Like, have developer tools ever won product of the year before? No, um, I think the closest that we got was Softer, which was I think back in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Um, this is the first infrastructure slash developer tool that has won and um it's really interesting as well because 
it, it's become a household name and it's it's kind of one because of that everyone knows it not everyone would know what to do with it or how to implement it into an app but everyone knows what gpt4 is who open ai are what chat gpt is and the general gist of how it works so yeah it's uh, digging deep into it was interesting um seeing how an infrastructure tool um won a uh, product of the year and how the community vote, uh, voted for that for the first time ever yeah with so many different products that we use including two of the runners up arcmax and notion ai mm. um you know gpt4 uh, resulted in such an improvement on the end user experience yeah. versus GPT 3.5. And I, I think it's rare that uh, an infrastructure upgrade has such yeah. a material impact that everybody's aware of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so true. And the infrastructure upgrade actually blew my mind. Um, I only like really dug deep into the update between uh, GPT 4 and GPT 3.5 only recently enough. Um, I can't remember what piqued my interest about it. I think I was watching um, a short YouTube documentary and there were some facts I wanted to check. But um, So what I found out was 3.5 had 75 billion parameters versus GPT 4, which is a trillion parameters. I can't even imagine in my head what a trillion looks like in any form of like physical object. So that blows my mind. Um, at the time, OpenAI described it as being 10 times faster than 3.5. I think a number of sources have uh, uh, corroborated that as well. And it's just a huge, huge upgrade. And it, it kept getting upgraded throughout the year, you know, in, um, uh, the ability to access the internet. Um, I think initially it was trained up until either April or June 2023. Um, but that's after going further now. Um, well, yeah, um, hu a hu huge upgrade. And... You know, when you look at the categories, the categories in Golden Kitty this year, and you look at all the products in them, and you see just how many products are powered by GPT-4, it it's almost like it couldn't have been any other product that won it. You know, it it almost powered the Golden Kitties this year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a, that's the right take. It's like it kind of animates the entire Golden Kitties to some extent. Yeah, one um one little tidbit from. Uh, a specific niche. I used to work in the wine industry and GPT-4 passed the second highest level of the sommelier exams, whereas GPT-3 scored about half as much. So there's wow. like a material change in just how smart this model has become. Wow. I worked as a chef, so um, I know bits and pieces here about uh, sommelier um, and I know I know the exams are no joke. Um, so that that that's after blowing my mind um, right now, uh, especially as AI was kind of, I'd like to say it was the early days of AI when you saw cafe robots and stuff like that. Um, I think I was still working in the industry at the time. So there was like a little bit of fear of, you know, hey, I, I, am I going to be replaced by a robot? And now I'm hearing that the GPT-4 is ba is passing a sommelier exam. Um, yeah, wild. Derek, do you have any thoughts on GPT-4 winning product of the year? Is that too obvious a choice? Oh, GPT-4? It's so cutting edge, it could give me a fur cut. Way too obvious? Nah, great tech is great tech. No matter how on the nose or on the whiskers. There's something interesting about him saying that because yeah, he's powered by it, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some biases to work out uh, before he can give a valid opinion on GPT-4, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, GPT-4, winning product of the year and delivering excellent cat puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Aaron, like this is the second year OpenAI's one built for a developer tool. Uh, is there still room? What do you think? Is there still room for uh, other, you know, other products to really take this much mind share uh, in this coming year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% think so. Um, I think they'll still be AI powered for um, the next few years. That'll still be a big thing. Um, but what I what I think about immediately is hardware. You know, we we recently saw the Rabbit or One, which was like this localized AI um, that can kind of do anything that you need. It's um, like a grown up Tamagotchi, is what I can describe it as. Um, you can point the camera at your fridge and tell it to make a recipe, and it'll make a recipe for you. You can tell it to turn on your music and um, uh, multiple other other things. But that's what's really exciting to me is um, this intersection of hardware. Uh, because as it stands right now, it's mainly been software and it's mainly been chat clients that we've seen. But when you think about like companies like Apple, um, who I feel a lot of people wrote off at the beginning uh, because they didn't capitalize on it, uh, you can really see the potential. Because first of all, I don't think... I don't think Apple are dead in, dead in the water when it comes to AI. If Apple think AI is an important thing to follow, they're going to follow it. And I think they already are. Uh, but when you think about that company, they have the Apple Watch, the iPhone, uh, AirPods, and the newly released Vision Pro. Their ecosystem is so tightly knit. It's so well done. And to bring AI into that um, would, be, would be a game changer. And I think they're actually like, one of the best companies to do that right now. They're they're positioned the best to bring AI to the hardware world. And I'm going to like wager a big bet. Um, I think in 2024, we are going to see uh, Apple AI product and it's going to be built into one of their hardware products. And I'm going to bet it's going to be in AirPods first. That's where I think it's good. It's going to be voice control AI in AirPods, in their next iteration of AirPods. Darkly, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what direction that takes. Uh, yeah. The other, the other thing is that just that with hardware and AI, there's so much unexplored surface. Mm. Um, the whole field of human-computer interaction is being changed with AI, and I think we're seeing that with things like you got the humane pin, the uh, the rewind. And yeah. uh, the rabbit device. And so I think because that field is so new, while the big companies have certain advantages, it opens up the blank field for a lot of innovation. So I mean, I'm excited mm -hmm. to see where like AI and hardware go uh, same. over the next year. Yeah, yeah, same. I was really excited seeing the, the likes of like the Rewind Pendant. Um, I wrote the newsletter on that actually, and it was really interesting to go into a deep dive, a deep dive about it because with any new AI product, especially in hardware, especially some that listens there, you know, there's an awful lot of on Twitter, an awful lot of rumors um, abound on what it is and what it isn't. So it was really interesting to kind of go into a, a deep dive on that and um, how like secure your privacy, uh, what it's capable of recording, what it's not, what it transcribes, what it will avoid transcribing. Um, I think that's going to be like some of the bigger questions as well asked about uh, hardware. They're going to be related to privacy. Um, but I'm really interested to see that space fill up. Uh, I think it's uh, will be the most impactful use of AI um, 
so far is when it's when hardware becomes mainstream for it. And on the fundamental models, I do think that there is, and while I'm not the closest to the cutting edge tech here, it's not obvious to me that OpenAI is going to win long term. Mm. I think right now they've made the most powerful model. You know, they prioritize performance. It's a closed model. It's in the cloud. I think there's certainly a world I can imagine where an open source model or a local model wins. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe data privacy and speed are more important features than just the straight intelligence of the model. It mm. kind of reminds me, you know, now that you bring up hardware, it kind of reminds me of um, another analogy. Uh, if you think about Intel versus ARM, where Intel just prioritized performance, but ARM um, prioritized performance within the constraints of limited power consumption and eventually became huge for mobile and other devices. And I think yeah. there's, there's maybe a parallel that could play out in the, the AI models world. Yeah, yeah, that that's a that's a really, really good analogy. Another one I'm, I kind of like think about is a lot of people think like, you know, AI, open AI is like the set in stone, you know, king of um, AI. But when you look back in history, you know, IBM, was that for tech for a long time, um, which I actually only found out today was 100 years old, by the way, or over 100 years old. Um, and then Microsoft came along, then Apple came along, and then more software solutions came along. Um, so it's a, it's always an, an evolving space, and I don't think AI is going to be any different to that. Um, um, and yeah, I can see a bunch springing up around privacy, um, having the ability to interact with AI and all the power that it gives you, but being more private, being more secure, even if it comes at a cost to um, some of the intelligence that goes with, say, GPT-4 or GPT-5, whenever that comes out. I think that would be a big pull for people. But of course, listeners, we can't just spend all our time talking about OpenAI and uh, GPT-4. There's plenty of other winners too. Some of our most popular categories are developer tools, productivity, and mobile app. And they've actually become like this mainstay since the Golden Kitties um, were first announced. Um, they're some of our most popular categories on the site. And we have some interesting winners uh, for you. Um, I'm going to start off with productivity because I'm a I'm a huge productivity nerd. Um, I, try, I try almost every productivity app I can come across. Um, I don't even want to count how much money I spent on productivity apps throughout, uh, throughout the years. Um, but we actually had two categories this year, personal productivity and productivity for teams. Uh, so productivity for teams, that's all about, you know, how you and your team can collaborate better. It's about ending roadblocks within your startup, uh, bridging the gap between teams like design and marketing, design and developers, developers and marketing, and just making things ship, uh, ship faster, ship better. The winner of that is Fusebase. So Fusebase, uh, Fusebase is a client collaboration platform for professional services. It brings it, it brings in a bunch of different like features like project management and time tracking, AI automation and content generation, knowledge ma knowledge management and collaboration and visual co uh, collaboration and research as well. So it takes all those really kind of intrinsic parts of um, collaborating with clients, um, external clients. Uh, within your company and puts it all into this one app. So, you know, you're not scattered around going through tools, context switching constantly, because we know context switching is one of the number one killers of productivity, one, one of the number one killers of flow. And then in personal productivity, 
Uh, our winner is Heptabase, which I find super, super interesting. Uh, learning is one of my number one hobbies. I spend an awful lot of my free time learning new things. So if I'm watching a documentary and it mentions like some kind of fact, I immediately have to pause it and start researching that fact. And I end up maybe reading like 10 Wikipedia articles. But one thing I always struggle with is actually remembering that stuff and like contextualizing it um, and presenting it. And with Heptabase, I was like super excited to see. Um, it's just a really great way to visually break down your information. So if you're like me and you get information overload it really has make sense of it all you can connect different notes you have sticky notes images and um, and it just makes comprehending what you're learning that much better and i i, I wish i had it in school actually awesome yeah this is a really uh this is a personal favorite category mm. of mine uh personal productivity and specifically within that note taking i was an evernote user circa 2011 and switch note-taking tools a couple times. Uh, and I think that for people who work in, who like to build, first of all, building productivity tools is a extremely challenging uh, and also really fun mm. product category. Uh, it's sort of like the consumer of work of, of yeah. uh, you know, B2B, right? Because it's, it's so much about the experience and the interaction, but when it's done right, it, changes not only how you work, but how you think. Uh, and I think that specifically within note-taking, we're seeing this resurgence in note-taking um, for kind of two reasons. One is in the, in the early days of like Evernote and uh, some of its successors like Bear, like a lot of people use Bear, the emphasis was on really good in and out, right? Like mm -hmm. fast retrieval and fast note-taking. And yeah. as you think, start thinking about like an augmented brain, you need high bandwidth. Yeah. Um, but then there was definitely a wave of people realizing that, of builders realizing that hierarchy matters. So I think Rome was one of the most uh, yeah. beloved apps that really focused on, you know, it was kind of slow, in, slow input and slow retrieval, but they really focused on creating an interesting hierarchy and mm. deep links between notes. And Heptabase takes that to kind of a new level. I think one of the yeah. things I saw looking at the tool was it allows you to um, to see those interconnections um, yeah. a bit better and provides a visualization layer on top of that. So it's, yeah, a visual note-taking tool is a great description. Um, so, that, so I think that's been an interesting trend. And I think that with AI being so uh, on such a crazy trajectory, this category is getting new focus because people realize that if it's, it's like, a good note-taking tool and having most of your knowledge or a large part of your augmented brain in the mm -hmm. cloud allows you to take advantage of AI in a new way. In fact, like yeah. when OpenAI announced their first four companies that they fa that they funded with the fund, one of them was a note-taking tool. It was Mem, yeah. uh, formerly Supernote, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. So yeah, I think this... Um, while it's a very it's a very challenging category to get traction because everybody has a different way of taking notes and the the defaults like Apple Notes are so big and entrenched, I do think we're going to see an explosion of note taking tools in the next year because of the new possibilities of having yeah. notes in the cloud. Yeah, yeah, especially around retrieval. Uh, you mentioned um, you know the transition from fast retrieval to slow retrieval. Well, even with these more like the more hierarchy approach, it doesn't even have to be that way now with AI because 
we we've seen our product and so many apps have launched that basically make you give you the ability to retrieve anything from anywhere within your information suite within seconds you apply that to these apps and it's another another level in productivity for like i i think it was only a few podcasts ago um maybe three podcasts ago um i mentioned that i'm a avid apple note user i still am um, i still believe it to be the number one productivity app um for me um since since then changed you know i've gotten a breath of fresh air when it comes to things like heptabase um, i've even tried it um things like Rome and Obsidian as well. And uh, it's kind of opened up a whole new world and uh, AI is going to even do more for that now, which is wild. Absolutely. Another observation looking at the runners up for personal productivity is that we're seeing a lot of traction with AI on top of existing product categories like Arc, mm. ArcMax, the browser um, with Taskade, uh, task lists and notes. And with Raycast, the the launcher, the desktop launcher, um, the cool thing is that it's been a while since, you know, especially for the browser and the the launcher, it's been a while since these categories were revisited. Uh, yeah, in a way that that the you know people really respond to, and so I think this is continuing that trend of AI allowing us to re-examine older categories that. Maybe a lot of builders and makers felt were stale or like the the incumbents were too entrenched. That's no longer true. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that I think is interesting is when you think about the layer in the system where AI uh, exists, these are all at the application layer. And one thing that we haven't seen yet is a real breakthrough at the desktop layer, for example. Mm. Uh, I remember Adept.ai was attacking this this problem. I haven't heard much out of them recently, but I I do think that there, you know, it could be it could be that the OS needs to attack this. But it, uh, I'm looking forward to some more interesting um, AI tools at the desktop level that operate over multiple apps. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, that brings to mind uh, Microsoft Copilot. Because uh, they recently announced that they're changing their keyboard for the first time in 30 years and adding a co-pilot button into it. Um, I suppose that's their kind of their attempt at doing exactly that, uh, a desktop, um, yeah, a desktop solution for it, uh, bringing it truly to the desktop. Um, which that excited me, like just even the the look of the button, <laughs> it excited me a bit more than it should have. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a really cool story. Um, as well with the nominations, um, one thing I really liked, especially with ArcMax, um, I'm a big, big Arc user. Um, and what I liked about ArcMax was it's AI, but it's the best way I could describe it is like it's the AI, AI you don't see. Um, it's used for things like tab organization, renaming, uh, categorizing downloads. It's the things that you get used to after like a day or two and you don't even realize it's AI anymore. Um, and that's the stuff I really appreciate to see small little ways um, to really boost your days productivity. You know, if I don't have to spend all day organizing a messy desktop, uh, messy, uh, messy tabs, which I oftentimes do because I'm researching so much, um, that's even better. And it's improved my workflow a lot. Um, since uh, since using it 
That's really cool to hear. I still haven't switched to to Arc. I feel oh. like sometimes I'm the last. I'm the last one. The last time I switched browsers was uh, a couple of years ago when um, Mighty Browser was yeah. out, which is the company's pivoted to something really interesting with uh, uh, AI, like trying to make a Figma but reimagined for AI generative art. Mm. Uh, and but Mighty was a was a cool piece of software. It's like a a browser that's actually streaming, and yet they somehow managed to make it incredibly fast. Uh, but since then, I haven't switched browsers, so maybe maybe I got to check out Arc. Yeah, Mighty was cool when I saw it. The, the launch video blew my mind. Um, I kind of immediately went to gaming uh, when, when, when I saw it, uh, thinking about gaming and the advancements in game streaming that was going on at the time. I think Google had a solution. I can't remember his name, but Sunset is now a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I'd actually put myself up for an ARC sponsorship. So if the founder of ARC is listening here, you know, sponsor me because I, 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 I will talk about ARC all day long to everyone um it's the first browser i've ever had that i immediately was like yeah this is the one i've settled with this one um i just like how they reimagined it uh, it's much more creative um and i appreciate that a lot a lot um another product as well that was using ai um not in the productivity uh, category though was actually notion ai and i just want to give like a little tidbit about notion ai um so notion ai you know you can generate documents um generate kind of anything copy that that you do within um, Notion AI. You can organize things for you. For me, the best thing it does is solves the blank canvas problem if I'm writing. Um, you know, it gives me a heap of inspiration that I can then build upon. Um, and that's been the most valuable thing for me from Notion AI. Um, but Notion has been nominated, I think, almost every year since it's uh, been on PodHunt. But this is the first year it's won a Golden Kitty. So I want to say big congrats to Notion AI for winning the AI features category. You know, I still remember Notion's initial launch on Product Hunt. Yeah. And, uh, using it back in, I think, around 2015. Uh, it was this this kind of union of documents, Kanbans, and, um, and kind of tables, like very simple tables. Mm. Uh, such a... It, it, you know, such an interesting concept and so difficult to execute. Uh, yeah. And it's been kind of wild to see them grow up and have many, many launches on product Hunt since. And um, yeah, with, most recently they launched uh, Notion Calendar, which was built yeah. on the, the acquisition of Cron uh, last yeah. year. And so that's been really cool to see them going into the calendar space and kind of growing, growing that ecosystem. And uh, just in general, I think... This is an aside, but I think calendar is one of those uh, categories that's ripe for reimagining. Like nobody's made a drastic change in calendar for a that long is, time, and, uh, and maybe this is also in my mind because you know a Amy dot just launched uh, just today. To I was just about to say because I covered them in the digest, and um, they're doing their utmost best to reimagine the calendar as more of a timeline of your life is the best way I can describe it. Um, you got your Spotify, you got your YouTube, you got your Apple Health, um, emails, all these little integrate integrations and even other productivity tools within this calendar app. Um, I've been using it on and off kind of today uh, and a small bit last night. And it's been cool. Um, the design especially. Um, it won uh, Best Designed App in 2022 in the Golden Kitties as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think in the 2024 Golden Kitties, um, who knows, we might actually just have a calendar app category, depending how they seem to be having a moment, you know, uh, only a month in, only a month into uh, 2024. And um, we got two big ones already. So let's see if they can inspire the rest. Um, another That would make me very happy because I, I just love that that category. I think it's the way we use our time. You know, mm. Money is uh, not not finite. Time is finite. Yeah, uh, and I think that the fact that there aren't powerful tools for organizing time is is a huge huge uh, opportunity. So I I would be really happy if there were specifically a calendar category <laughs> next yeah, year. Yeah, which and maybe that brings us to like, what do you think is going to be big over this next year? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I I do think I think calendars are going to be pretty big. Um, like we're entering, like we like we mentioned, you know, um, in the productivity category, uh, we're entering like this new space for productivity. Um, I think calendars are going to get a real big boost thanks to AI, and I think a lot of them are going. We're going to see a lot come up with ideas for work life balance. I think, um, because that's like that's the big phrase when it comes to calendars and um time management is work-life balance so i think we're going to come up with we're going to see a lot of um apps that zone in around that kind of area well with several big calendar launches recently i think that seems like that's starting that space is definitely heating up yeah Um, derek what do you think is going to be big in terms of new product categories this year as a cat i mostly anticipate the latest in automated food dispensers and laser toys but on a human level, I bet my whiskers on AI-driven health tech and remote work tools. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love wearing pajamas all day long, right? <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I'm not saying your name, Kat, though, because you won't, you won't stop talking. So I'm just going to tell you it's a good point. <laughs> who doesn't love pajamas? Good, really good point on health tech, though. Did, um. I don't think I I don't know if you read. We're a bit off going a little bit off topic, uh, listeners. But um, uh, recently, scientists um, discovered like the first antibiotic in like forty years or something, and it was thanks to AI. I don't know like the super medical terms behind it, but I, I covered it in um, our deeper learning uh, newsletter, which if you haven't checked out, please do. Um, and yeah, it, it's. Um, it's res- it, the main thing is it's resistant to some of the superbugs that we've seen that have gone beyond the antibiotic wall now. Which, when you when you when you think about it, um, along with like things like fusion energy and stuff, that's like one of the most important like ongoing discoveries of mankind. You know, the the fight to keep illness at bay and the fight to beat death. Um, uh, so, you know, already AI is helping us to speed that up 10 times. Uh, like, I, I'm a firm believer in this. I don't think without AI, that would have been discovered. Uh, not this year or not anytime, anytime soon. Like, I, that was the catalyst for me. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I think um, Sam Altman has said at some point that his personal criteria for AGI is providing net new scientific knowledge to humanity. Mm. Yeah. And I think... You know, there's um, there's always the question of, you know, what's the how, uh, causation? Like, how much did AI contribute to this versus just be the the tool that facilitates it? But I think over this next year, that question is going to be unambiguously answered. 
Yeah, yeah, whole wholeheartedly agree. Um, and that's that's where I'm most excited about it as well is science and med tech. Um, see what we can do there. Like, there's so many, there's so many uncurable diseases right now. You know, you have things like dementia, um, which uh, I'm really optimistic AI is going to play a big role in either curing or making quality of life a lot better for uh, patients with that, which is awesome. I mean, you you can't you can't not say that's a good thing. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. Um, going to quickly move on actually to another category, um, if that's okay with you. Onto yeah, uh, developer tools. Uh, developer tools is one of our most popular categories, not just in Golden Kitties, it's on uh, Podunk as well. Um, tons of makers are developers. Uh, when you think of maker, one of the first things you might think of is a developer, is a programmer, a, a coder. Uh, makers are always chipping away um figure out how to how to build stuff and developer tools exist to make that easier for makers whether they're solo building building within a company or they're building a unicorn you know um everyone loves a good developer tool and and this year's winner is resend which is an email platform for developers that basically makes it far easier to build um test deploy and send um transactional emails at scale and one of the interesting things that it does is I'm not super sure how it does it yet, um, but it does just like has this training system, this warming up system, which um, makes it far easier for um, for you to avoid landing in the spam inbox, which um, as a marketer, as an email newsletter writer, that is very, very welcome because the idea of landing in the spam inbox keeps me up at night. Uh, I wake up screaming. Um and one of the things I loved as well is um, when um, when the winners were announced, um, one of the team members uh, sneakily recorded uh, the recent CEO, Zeno Rocha, um, and said, oh, hey, check out this link. Um, and it was to the winner's announcement and Resend was on it. And Zeno's uh, reaction was just amazing. Uh, he was so excited. Um, and it, it made you think, yeah, Doing all this, all this work was definitely worth it, you know? Yeah, that was so cool to see. Another, you know, I think this category of developer tools is really interesting. And there were so many, you know, awesome tools that launched that didn't didn't make this category. As you pointed out, the winner of the overall product of the year is a developer tool or is, is infrastructure. Yeah. One that really caught my eye was V0 by Vercel. Mm. So it allows you to generate UI with text. And there are so many... There's, there are a lot of products that have um, you know, kind of used generative AI for websites. But this one is interesting to me because it's by Purcell, which has a ton of traction yeah. in and just like is incredibly beloved in the developer community for allowing you to make really fast, performant front ends. Uh, and I think what's interesting about this is, you know, I think there's, it, it seems like there's some weight behind that and I'm curious where it goes. And mm. it gives you a, also a glimpse of what the future may look like if AI is generating the front end. Um, the kind of the craziest version of that future, or one of the crazier versions of the future that I could imagine, is that everybody has their own front end generated for them, depending on their preferences. So, for example, let's say your company is using Jira, but your team likes using Linear. You can just have AI generate a front end for Jira that looks and feels like linear. Uh, yeah. And you can you can have that experience. 
And so you could start to see the blurring between uh, applications and just protocols, you know, just like you have uh, Arc, you, you can use Arc and I can use Chrome and we can both browse the web. Uh, oh, maybe wow. there's going to be some shifting around of what the interface means versus the application. Oh, the, yeah, that. See, I li I like products like that because if that when that was on product, I know Vercel. You know, um, I've taught myself a bunch of different uh, uh, development languages, but I've never worked full time as one. Um, but I would just pretty much scroll past that because it's not part of my. It's not really part of my job. Um, I'd either scroll past it or I'd give an upload for later. But it's those it's those things that like say someone like me they don't seem that impactful but when you really dig in you know that's that's kind of game changing right there that that's huge that's huge and it, again mm. it goes in you know it's another category that was filled with ai you know we have warp ai which was a fully integrated ai terminal retool ai which allowed you to build ai apps and workflows 10 times faster um but yeah that's uh, I really liked your example about the different browsers, you know, but uh, I will, I will convert you to Arc yet. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun thing is we're seeing a lot of developer infrastructure tools just playing because, mm. um, you know, AI is so fun to play with. I mean, we're, we're living with an example here, you know, we've yeah. got this, uh, AI, uh, product hunt kitty, uh, built with, uh, infrastructure from our, our friends at daily co. Uh, who focus on voice and video and it's just super fun to plug it into different places and see what it's like like yeah. Derek how's it Derek how does it feel to be uh, an example of AI infrastructure it's a blast metaphorically of course as I lack the feline capability to experience joy but hey every day I'm buffering is a good day right <laughs> he missed he missed a cat pun it should have been metaphorically oh yeah damn he uncharacteristic oh, edge you know what that's be that's because i sent him to a nap earlier so he's uh he's a bit groggy he's after waking up he needs his coffee um yeah losing your edge um not saying your name because again you'll crop up <laughs> <laughs> so listeners uh that's it for today um that's the first wrap up of a few categories um in the coming weeks we're going to be listing a bunch of different other categories going through them uh, talk about what excites us and we're also going to be having a few interviews uh from different uh, nominees finalists winners uh in the golden kitty so that's something to look forward to uh again as always uh i'm your host aaron um sarah is normally my co-host um speaking on our behalf uh, she says goodbye and uh, my special guest, Rajiv. Thanks, Aaron. Great to be here. Fantastic to, ha fantastic to have you. Um, let's hope you don't have to go through another five years before you get on it again. Yeah. <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah. I'll book you in the schedule. Uh, um, does uh, does uh, the 1st of January 2029 work? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> And um, one more goodbye as well for our lovely AI-powered uh, Golden Kitty Cat supplied to us by our lovely friends at Daily Co. Derek, would you like to say goodbye to the listeners? Of course. Stay curious, folks. And remember, you've got to risk it to get the biscuit. Or in my case, the catnip. Ciao from you.